You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of thebarkboard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Arik, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by the publisher of the Barkboard, Mr. Jackson Moore. And Jackson, you made it through Thanksgiving and a, a Fresno State football game, uh, a, a shutout to boot. And uh, how's how's your week been after all that? <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been crazy. Fortunately, as uh, it was rewarding as it was for the Red Wave to see the Bulldogs go out with uh you know senior day win a shutout and everything you know fortunately wasn't too eventful didn't take any crazy stories to recap that one but uh within um about 12 hours of leaving valley children's stadium i was in tuckyu stadium over in san jose to cover san jose state hawaii and then later that night i was at stanford where head coach david shaw stepped down Uh, so it's been a, a wild week so far covering uh, Stanford coaching changes and all that for 24-7 sports. But the big story, of course, is Fresno State playing for the Mountain West Championship. I've been on campus every day this week. Um, and press conferences and uh, practices and, and covering everything going on. And I'll be on a flight to Boise here on Friday. So uh, it's been all about the Bulldogs and Broncos this week. And uh, it's going to be sure an exciting one on Saturday when the Fresno State Bulldogs at full strength go to the blue turf. Yeah, and and it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch uh, uh, again. It's another matchup with the Boise with Boise State again. Uh, not something that uh, we want to keep seeing all the time, but it's something that we've become very familiar with. Is uh, you know taking on the Broncos uh, for the championship, um, and uh, with the Bulldogs being at the strength that they are the you know, from the first meeting, this should be a lot tighter contest, don't you think, Jackson? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the spread last time around was only seven, and it was still close for uh, about 44 minutes until Boise State broke free there late in the third quarter and early in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, the Bulldogs held their own for a lot of that game, even without Jake Hayner, without Evan Williams, and without a couple other guys. Um, but you look at the final box score of uh, over 300 rushing yards for the Broncos and the 40 to 20 final, it doesn't look all that close. And you think back to last year too, where uh, Fresno state really played its worst game of the year and then also lost by a similar score to the Broncos. So their big rallying around this week is that, you know, this Boise state team over the last two years, even has not gotten Fresno state's a game. And they feel like if they bring it, this weekend that they'll come out with the trophy. Uh, but you have to give it to Boise State, too. Um, you know, not only did they play very well last time around through some turmoil, going through an offensive coordinator being fired and their quarterback going to the portal just two weeks before the Bulldogs and Broncos played. Uh, but they've also improved quite a bit, too. And they still got a defense that ranks top 10 in almost every major statistic. So I think this is going to be a, a hard-fought contest between two pretty evenly matched teams the betting line's only about three points with the home field with the broncos of course being the difference so i mean this is really uh, i think all signs point to this being a a really exciting one maybe we get as exciting as a game as we saw last time around in 2018 when these two teams played for the title 
Yeah, and and the one key question mark that I'm going to have, Jackson, I don't know if you've you've uh, found out or got any any news on this, but the David Perales, uh, what's his status for this game? He's been a uh, a wrecking a one man wrecking show for the last few games, uh, only to go down with an injury against Wyoming. What, what's the status on him? Yeah, unfortunately, he has not practiced so far as of Wednesday. Um, he has been at each practice with some medical equipment, medical equipment on that foot and ankle. Uh, we've got some more details on the premium board about the prospects of him maybe playing this week or not, as well as a few other players who got dinged up in the Wyoming game. Uh, it's been mostly good news around uh, the team this week as far as injury stuff goes, but Perales is the big one. You know, obviously, if he can't play, that's a big blow to the defense, but still monitoring that throughout the week. Yeah, so that's going to definitely be a uh, a big question mark for Fresno State to see who steps up in his absence should he not be able to move forward in the uh, championship game. But knowing Perales, he's going to do everything he can to make sure he is on that field. So barring uh, someone tying him down uh, to a <laughs> some <laughs> a wall or something with bricks or something, uh, he's going to do whatever he can to get on the field, uh, whether he you know, risks further injury or not, but whether or not the coaching staff will let him play, that's a different story. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, before we jump ahead into the, the championship match against Boise state, Fresno state did something that it flirted with uh, earlier on this season uh, when they played uh, Hawaii and they were able to pretty much put up a, a, a shutout against Wyoming, something that I was not prepared to see. I, I thought for sure uh, Wyoming would would at least get one score on the board, um, especially with how good their running game has been. But as far as we can tell, Jackson, that running game was non-existent on that last matchup, was it? Yeah, I mean, Wyoming's a team that doesn't have a very strong offense, but they're a team that grinds you down for 60 minutes and usually puts up some points. So, while they're one of the more, you know, the lesser productive offenses Fresno State has seen this year, they're also, you know, one of the ones you didn't expect to get a shutout against just because they usually cash in a time or two, at least. Uh, even at Boise State, they completed just three passes and scored 17 points in that game, which is pretty remarkable to me. And that was just the week before they came here to Valley Children's Stadium and expected to see that running game, which. You know, Fresno State has had some trouble with, at least, you know, going back to Boise State last time around, the Broncos, as mentioned, had over 300 rushing yards. So this was a good test to see how much they've grown since then against a similar type of O-line and running game. And, yeah, the Cowboys just never really got anything going. Um, it was also pretty remarkable. Lavelle Bailey left that game very, very early. only played a few snaps, the starting linebacker. And then David Perales as well was out by halftime. So the Bulldogs had to improvise a little bit, especially a linebacker. Not a lot of depth there. Justin Houston ended up playing almost the whole game in a position where he's really never played. He's been a nickelback all this time at Fresno State. So they improvised, and they got the job done. And the starters were out there for maybe a little bit too long for comfort, for, for my mind at least. Uh, Evan Williams had a big collision on a fourth down stop with about four minutes left to secure the shutout. So uh, they wanted to wrap that one up and get that shutout on senior night and, and not have, as you mentioned, what happened against Hawaii where backups gave up a couple of scores late in that game. 
Yeah, and they, they were able to kind of close out that game. Probably one of the better games that we've seen the Bulldogs have all season long as far as defensively. Uh, but one other aspect of the uh, Bulldogs that came alive that night w- was special teams, Jackson. Um, you know, they had one blocked punt and one partial blocked punt. Uh, something that the Bulldogs have been been f- trying to get is the special teams game going in this uh, this season. And it seems like, you know, they they started doing that. And uh, what kind of grade do you give the Bulldogs so far this year on, on the special teams? Yeah, that was about the last box to be checked. Uh, and I know there's been a few games where they felt pretty confident they could get a block and they've gotten close, but to get two in one game, I mean, we've already seen punt return for a touchdown and block kick, extra point kind of stuff, and some return action on kick return has been a bit better. And so just the one thing we hadn't quite seen was that punt block. So to get two of them was pretty impressive. And you know, they were pretty critical ones too. And one set up a score. The other one was an automatic safety, basically, which then Malik Sherrod returns the ensuing uh, shortened or extended kickoff all the way back to the red zone just about and they score again I mean this was a game where even though the score says 30 to 0 the offense didn't do all of that much I mean Hayner had 183 passing yards uh, most of which came in the second quarter uh, the team only ran for 114 had under 300 yards of offense the whole game so on a night where the offense both didn't produce and they maybe didn't have to produce to the quite the level that we're used to seeing. Uh, the defense and the special teams really came up big and it was an all-around team performance to, to get that 30-0 shutout win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the offense, uh, like you said, uh, looked like they were struggling there for a, for a bit. Um, I, I mean, you, you can tell because uh, Cropper just wasn't able to, to get much going and something that was very uncharacteristic of Cropper was several drops that he made during that game. Um, was, uh, do you think senior night kind of got, a got, got to him a little bit? Yeah. And they tried to, I think maybe force a little bit late to maybe try to get him to that thousand yard mark. And for whatever reason, it wasn't clicking, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he saw a lot of targets and just didn't have big numbers, three catches for 20 yards in the game. But, um, you know, they did spread it around for the first two or three quarters quite a bit, and we saw some other receivers take advantage. Um, Zane Pope led the way with 83 yards. Romigio got a touchdown on senior night, and I expect we'll see plenty from Cropper here on uh, Saturday. Yeah, so uh, Cropper's going to go still go for that 1,000 yards because I believe even in the championship it still counts, right, Jackson, um, if he can get the, to oh, the 1,000-yard yeah. mark. So they, they're they probably going to try and rely on him. Um, I mean, they're going to rely on all of their weapons in this game. Um, if anything, the Bulldogs are going to come into this game with a lot to prove uh, that the first the first uh, f- uh, meeting between these two teams wasn't really a fair balanced meeting, Jackson. <laughs> they were missing a lot of key players. So with all the key players back, majority of the key players back, uh, this should be something a little bit different um, on on championship night. But, uh, you know, as far as everything else in that Wyoming game, I- anything else kind of stand out to you that uh, is a little bit of a concern for you? Uh, yeah, not too much to be concerned about there. Um, just... Really, the big one is David Perales. I mean, he was 
not named Defensive Player of the Year for the Mountain West, but I have to imagine he was number two in the voting. I heard it was pretty close. Uh, Viliami Fajoko from San Jose State got the award. Same position, very similar stats. Um, so it's uh, it's hard to imagine Perales was too far away from winning that one. And to not have a player of that caliber on the field, if that is the case, you know that that would be tough to, for the Bulldogs to deal with. But um, I think it's fair to say not as tough as what the Bulldogs had to deal with the last time around. Uh, to have Jake Hayner and Evan Williams back uh, when they were not there last time is going to be a huge difference. And Jake told the story on Monday about how uh, when he and Williams were walking onto the blue turf in their street clothes last time around, Boise State star J.L. Skinner approached them and said it was too bad they weren't going to get to play each other and then said uh, maybe they'll have a rematch in the championship and get to play each other after all. So, uh, both uh, All three guys there, they, they set their dates for December 3rd and uh, we're finally going to get it here on Saturday to see how Fresno State and Boise State match up with uh, the healthy stars available for the dogs. Yeah, so that that should be an intriguing matchup, and we're going to go ahead and get jump right into that one and uh, and and start to kind of break down that game. Um, but uh, first things first, Jackson, is there going to be any snow? <laughs> you know, I've been monitoring this forecast very closely. <laughs> well, I bet I, you have. <laughs> when I plan my trip. Uh, it said the high of the day in Boise on Saturday was going to be 20 degrees. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Uh, I checked again this past weekend, and it had jumped all the way up to almost 40 degrees. So now I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, it was actually the same temperature uh, the other night when I was at Stanford Stadium. So, uh, so that doesn't sound all that bad. Now it's at 36 degrees um, for the high of the day. The other important thing here is that Every time Fresno State has gone to the blue turf, uh, except for one time, which was almost a decade ago now, it's been night. It's been uh, late at night, and it's been cold. And we saw in the last championship edition there was even snow. This game is going to be played in the afternoon, so make sure you're ready at 1 p.m. Pacific time for a conference championship game. It's going to be on Fox, uh, so it's not going to be way late at night. Right now, the Forecast is set for 36 degrees high, which will be right around about halftime, third quarter of the game is when it will hit that mark. And there's also basically no precipitation in the forecast. I will say just two days ago, it was looking about 20, 30%. Right now it's almost zero, so maybe it could change again. Um, there's uh, forecasted snow on Sunday in Boise, so it wouldn't be all that out of the realm of possibility for it to speed up a little bit and show up on Saturday. But as of now, it looks like it's going to be sunny. It's just going to be partly cloudy and the sun it's actually going to be at the time of day when the sun's out. So it'll be cold, but it should be pretty pleasant as long as that snow doesn't arrive earlier than expected. <laughs> Knowing you, Jackson, <laughs> that snow is going to come in really quick for you. <laughs> I, I, I was, uh, I've been trying to monitor and see where the weather's going to be like, uh, over there but I, you know i'm going to be making a trip to san antonio for other uh, obligations that i have going to so i've been looking at the weather and i'm like this isn't looking good at certain points um it could it could change on a dime uh, without much notice so 
I, I'm hoping you pack a lot of extra gear, Jackson, just to make sure that you, you don't come away as an ice cube uh, during this game. <laughs> but, you know, this this is a matchup. It's now become a classic matchup. It's It, it seems like uh, year in and year out, it's becoming normal uh, to see these two teams in a championship matchup. Now, this could be the last year that this may happen uh, because they're doing away with those uh, divisions in the Mountain West. By doing away with those divisions, that that could affect this dramatically, right, Jackson? Right. So now you're going to have the ability for any two teams to make it to the championship. And traditionally, Fresno State has been the best in the West, and Boise State's been the best in the Mountain. Um, they've been the most frequent divisional winners in the uh, about ten years that the setup has been going on. So um, it's been no coincidence or no surprise that the two have been matched up, but. Now you're going to have just one big division. So you could have a Fresno State versus San Diego State Mountain West Championship game. You could have a Boise State versus Air Force Championship game. So the combinations are going to open up quite a bit. And also the schedules are going to be changed. You're not going to have your regional matchups anymore. You're just going to have two guaranteed annual opponents. And the other ones, the other nine will rotate. Uh, you'll see them two out of three years instead of two and two as the current interdivisional setup is. So uh, I would imagine there's still going to be plenty of scenarios where Fresno state and Boise state could still be playing for the title, but uh, it's not going to be the same, you know, one out of six from each side anymore. It's going to be a lot more complicated, especially when you get into some of these tiebreakers with multiple teams, it's a little more difficult than having divisions to figure out who goes if there's not two standout teams. Now, I do know that one of the criteria is going to be strength of schedule, something that the Bulldogs have never shied away from, but Boise has been criticized for in the past. So that could ultimately make uh, for an interesting conversation later as well, right, Jackson? Yeah, it's going to be complicated there too because it is going to be a bit of luck of the draw and they're going to focus on conference strength of schedule and you're kind of stuck with whoever's on your conference that particular year. You've also got um, what could potentially be the college football playoff poll uh, deciding some things like it did back in 2017 when the Bulldogs kind of got robbed out of hosting the championship game. So um, there's still a little bit to figure out with what the Mountain West is going to do there. Um, but it, it's certainly going to be interesting because we've seen it already different methods can really impact the way these games go um, if there's not just a very clear pecking order from one, two, and beyond. Absolutely. So there's a lot of changes happening in the air here once this uh, season is all said and done. But before that can happen, we've got this championship matchup that Fresno State uh, faces in Boise against Boise State uh um, Broncos. And so Jackson, let's jump right into it. You've got the Fresno state offense taking on this Boise state, uh, defense. How did they match up here? Well, it, it is interesting this Boise state defense because I mean, they rank very, very highly in just about every statistic and probably the most intriguing one is going to be their passing defense where they actually rank number three in the nation. They're only allowing 158 yards per game through the air. The big question mark is really though, have they played any decent quarterbacks? <laughs> because I don't <laughs> think they really have no one as good as Jake Hayner. 
even with Fresno State on their schedule because, of course, they didn't see Hainer. They saw Logan Fife. So you look at the teams that they played, um, you know, even within the conference, Wyoming, uh, one of the toughest teams they faced. They only completed three passes with their backup quarterback. Um, BYU had quite a bit of success passing on them. And, you know, Air Force was one of their other closest games. Of course, they didn't throw the ball very much. So <coughs> that's going to be the biggest part to watch is how good really is this Boise State defense? We know J.L. Skinner is really good, but are they as good as their statistics say? And is Fresno State going to be able to just go to work on them the way that they have against most teams with Jake Hayner and all of his weapons? Um, but they're definitely not one-dimensional. Um, they're not as ranked highly in run defense, but they're still a top 40 run defense in the nation and third in the conference at 125 yards a game. They're top 10 in third down defense. Uh, they're number nine in total points allowed per game. And uh, number seven in total yards allowed per game. So they've got some pretty impressive statistics behind them. Uh, they're going to play a four-two-five scheme, which is not all that different from what the Bulldogs do. And um, it, I think for me, uh, despite what some of the stats say, I really give the advantage to the Bulldogs' skill positions and quarterback play. But um, the Broncos are very sound defensively, and they have a strong defensive line. The Bulldogs have come a long way on their own line, but probably give a little bit of the edge to the Broncos. Probably not going to be as clean of a pocket this week. Uh, more pressure for Hayner to deal with, and if that's the case, that certainly neutralizes some of what the Bulldogs do. So I think this is going to come down to, really, for me, uh, can the Bulldogs avoid getting giving up those sacks, giving up the you know, the plays that kind of kill drives, because if they can set the tone at the line of scrimmage, I think they're going to be able to, to move the ball pretty efficiently despite what some of these statistics say. But if you get stuck in second and 15 or you know third and long, uh, you, a lot of those drives are going to be tough to continue with the way that the Broncos play. So that, that's the biggest factor for me is really going to be the O-line play. Yeah, the O-line has been the, the key all season long. If they give Hayner time, he picks people apart. But if if they're unable to 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 just um, you know keep the pressure off of him, especially with you know he's he's not a hundred percent. He he's still he's still partially injured. If they can't g- keep him standing upright, this could be a very long day for the Bulldogs. So hopefully they'll be able to come up with a game plan that the offensive line will be able to kind of uh, put some some things together to to help protect Hayner. Um, because uh, let's face it, Jackson, I just heard a uh, story just recently of just how serious Jake Hayner's injury was, and uh, the Bulldogs kept it from everyone. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't just a high ankle sprain. It was actually, uh, you know, some kind of a, a fracture in, in, his, uh, in his foot there. So, you know, now that it's out there, Jackson, what more can you say about it? Well, I think the the part that is really exciting about the way Hainer is playing, you know, the first couple of weeks, everyone, you know, how how are you doing so well? How are you bouncing back from it so quick and all that? But even if you take just that out of the equation and look at how he plays, um, I isolated the last five weeks since he's came back, and 
PFF ranks Pro Football Focus. They rank Hayner as the number one quarterback in the entire nation by their film analytics based off of that five-week sample size. And he's also the number two player in the entire country. So the fact that he's doing that while coming off of that injury specifically uh, definitely shows um, that he's playing well, uh, but that he's at an even better level than he was before the injury, which is rather remarkable. Yeah, yeah, and and from to hear just how serious it was is is it's just it's amazing uh, of how he's able to do that. And I, I heard that that whole story was played on the Mountain West Network, and uh, yeah, when I when I heard it, I was like, oh wow, okay, and to see this guy doing what he's doing now is is just short of remarkable what he can do on the field at the moment. So yeah. That that is what my biggest concern is: is keeping Jake Hayner healthy uh, to not only win this championship game, but to also have a, a shot at uh, at a bowl game as well. So, if the Bulldogs can keep him standing upright, will will uh, the Bulldogs should be in great shape. Um, but now that that brings us to the flip side of things, Jackson. We've got Fresno State's defense against Boise State offense, who uh, let's face it, at the beginning of the year had a, a major overhaul and have not lost the game since. Is there something the Bulldogs can do to stop them? Right, and that's probably I think you've got to consider it to be the biggest concern for the Bulldogs because you know that the offense is going to look better with Jake Hayner out there compared to the last time they played the Broncos. You know, the defense in general should look better with Evan Williams out there. Um, but you look more inside the trenches, much like the offensive side of the ball. And you've got pretty much the same guys for the dogs out there. Uh, I think it's safe to say they've improved and they've gelled and they've matured since early October. Um, but it is the same group, and it could be a damaged group if Perales can't play. And this was the same group that gave up more than 300 rushing yards to the Broncos earlier this year. So this is really the area where Fresno State has to show, you know, not just that they have some guys that are on the field that they didn't have last time around, like most areas, but this group has to show that they've improved vastly since the last time around. I was on the field taking pictures for the Boise State game earlier this season, and I was really taken aback by how physical the Broncos line was. They were not just physical from the start of the play, but even after the whistle, they were giving it to the dogs. They were, you know, taunting a little bit. There was like some sixth and seventh alignment that would come on for some special blocking plays, and they would do their job for one play and then uh, give a shove or give a taunt to the sideline to show that they got a first down. So uh, they, they, this defensive line really, really needs to set the tone and avoid giving up so much on the ground this time around for the Bulldogs to be victorious. Um, this is really the one area where. They have to show how much they've improved uh, from early October to now December. I think Johnny Hudson is a big piece of that. He had only played about a game or two before that game, starting in cold weather, in elevation, something he's not used to. As a guy from the Southeast who was playing Juco ball in the Bay Area, uh, the Bulldogs starting defensive tackle there, I think, has come a long way. Leonard Payne, uh, who has become more of a factor later in the season, than he was at that time of the year, which was kind of a surprise. I mean, he started last year. We thought he was going to anchor the D-line, and we just didn't see much of him for a lot of the first half of the season. And he's been dealing with some injuries, but he came back against Wyoming. Uh, Devo Bridges 
I settled in at defensive tackle. He was bouncing around for a lot of the year around that time when the Bulldogs went to Boise. So those three guys, a couple of others, you got Matt Lawson, you got Charles Remlinger contributing. They really, really need to win on the interior line of scrimmage and keep the Boise State running game in check. If the Broncos are held from running the ball consistently, that opens up a lot for this defense because this last time around, they had to focus so much on the run that when Taylor Green, their freshman quarterback, who was awarded freshman of the year for the Mountain West just recently, if he gets out in space, you don't have enough guys to deal with covering and spying and preventing the run from the quarterback. So they've got to get them into obvious passing situations, and they've got to you know, just avoid being dominated at the line of scrimmage like they were last time around to have a shot here. And if they do that, I don't think it'll be as wide of a gap as it sounds. But uh, I think if they can just keep it in check and enforce Green to stay in the pocket and make some throws, it's just something that he doesn't particularly excel at. And a lot of teams have struggled to make him do that. But I think we haven't seen a defense that could put the Bulldogs in position to be in those spots this time around. No, and that and uh, that's going to be the tough part for for the Bulldogs. But you know they did a nice job against uh, Wyoming in shutting down a very successful run that that uh, really put it on against the 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 Broncos. Do the Bulldogs have more of that in, in order to shut down Boise State's run and make them one dimensional? I think they do, and I the analytics suggest that Boise State's O-line has kind of decreased a little bit from when President State saw them last, so maybe they won't be as strong this time around, but uh, I think the Bulldogs, from their side of the ball, they've been doing their job. Um, there have been a few opponents where, well, for me, when we're just talking about the running game, I think that was a big statement the Bulldogs made to shut down the, the Cowboys between the tackles. But the thing that I think has hurt President State the most this year is no secret, is when they face mobile quarterbacks and green is a quarterback that did not really hurt the Bulldogs much through the air last time. He did not you know, break a big run or anything with his legs, but he was able to extend plays and put Fresno state in tough spots and make those you know, 10 yard passes on third down to extend drives and keep the clock moving. So uh, that's got to be the key. And it really starts with, stopping that running game so that you can be in more situations where you've got more guys in open space and can account for everything that green is going to bring at you when plays, when he's extending plays and uh, trying to get that extra move to, to convert third downs. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be the tough part It's containing the mobile quarterback. Uh, Fresno state has had uh, a lot of trouble with that this, uh, this year. Um, although it does seem like they've they've seen it enough times this year that they're getting better at it, Jackson. <laughs> you know, you know when you keep doing the same thing over and over, eventually you're just going to get better at it. So um, maybe they've seen enough mobile quarterbacks this season uh, to really know how to kind of shut that down, um, and and hopefully uh, that'll be something that will work in the Bulldogs' favor. Um, I don't know this this matchup is a very close one. And I believe the last time I checked, uh, Boise State was favored by four points. Has that changed? So the line opened up at four and a half for the Broncos. It has dropped to three. So uh, it's virtually down to just home field advantage at this point, which 
is important to point out just because it's tough to play on that blue turf. Weird things happen over there. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. uh, I'll tell you, I, I know we talked about it earlier this year after I got back from Boise the first time, but the crowd that came out for that game was by far much louder, much more full than that 2018 championship game where you know, it was snowing, it was cold, it was late. Uh, the New Year's Six Bowl game had been taken out of the equation earlier that same day, and they only put in about a little over 20,000 fans in that venue last time around. So I'm fully expecting Albertson Stadium to be packed and rocking for a, a game with the sun out and, and no reason for the Bronco fans not to be there. Um, it's going to be a tough venue to be at, but the good news for the dogs is that they've already done it once this year. They've been there. They've experienced it. It shouldn't phase them. Even Jake Hayner and Evan Williams, they made the trip. Even though they didn't play, they got to take it all in. And I think that's going to go a long way. And, you know, we having that tunnel vision and blocking out all the atmosphere that can kind of get you on your first time over there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that place can get loud uh, at, at Boise State. So, you know, they're they're definitely going to have to go in there and just tune it all out and uh, and try and uh, and come away with a victory. I don't know, Jackson, you're, I, you know, let's, let's go ahead and, and, and throw this other question in there. What's, what's going to be the keys to this matchup? Keys to the matchup. Number one for me is, um, you know, avoiding the offensive mistakes, you know, just the giving up the sack, having the penalty. Um, but, you know, if they, Bulldogs, when they have clean drives and clean pockets, I think they're going to put up points a lot of the time, but this is a defense that is going to make life difficult You've got to not only avoid the mistakes, but you've got to have Jordan Mims be able to crank out two or three yards each time he touches the ball. So you are in second and seven or third and five rather than second and 10 or third and 10. It's going to be, I think, the little things on offense because as we've seen from all the games that Tedford played against Boise in 17 and 18, they were low scoring. They were tight games. You know, a blocked extra point was a big deal for Fresno State winning a 19 to 16 game. Uh, we saw a lot of con- uh, 17 to 14 final. I mean, you've got to cash in on points and you've got to be able to put yourself in position. Um, I think Hayner and the, the guys are going to have their moments, but uh, it's really about staying ahead of the chains. That's been the model of this team ever since Tedford got here in 17. And I think Boise State's defense, I mean, it's more true against them than anyone else. And then on the defensive side of the ball for me, it's in the trenches, and it's keeping Green in check when he's out in space. Um, you know, if, if the Broncos run the ball over the dogs, it could very well be a repeat of what happened earlier this year on that side. If they can get Green in open space and fail to cover like they did last time around, it's going to be tough to stop these guys. Um, so those are the two things they really need to fix on the defensive side of the ball. And then, of course, I mean, there's not really anything that sticks out statistically or trends wise, but um, a big play with a turnover or a special teams play could really swing this game. If it's as close as we're expecting it to be, the Bulldogs have done very well with ball security lately, but haven't created a ton of turnovers. They've been better the last few weeks, but uh, same thing with Boise state, you know, they're pretty secure. Green is known to throw. Well, he threw a bad one against the Bulldogs, but he really hasn't since then had 10 touchdowns and no picks for the Broncos. So uh, special teams and turnovers could certainly impact this game in a way that you just can't predict. But for me, um, 
avoiding sacks and penalties on offense, stopping the run on defense, and making the plays in open space against Green. Those are going to be the three things that decide if Fresno State makes the big leap from last time or if it's something similar, even with Hayner and Williams out there. Now, and, and we've also got to, we got to think about the dark horse, you know, uh, what can special teams do here? I mean, they've, they've been able to put pressure and, you know, block two field goals this past game. Something that they're starting to kind of get better at is, is, you know, the defense against those uh, punts. Uh, maybe they'll come after Boise if they're able to kind of get them in the right situation. Um, even the kicking game is, is improved. Um, so I don't know, Jackson, could it, could special teams ultimately be the deciding factor in this game? You know, we'll see how the Bulldogs, what kind of opportunities they get. And if you remember last time around, Rubicio tried to field a kick, uh, right inside the goal line and, and dropped it out of bounds and the Bulldogs started at the one yard line. So, uh, I mean, special teams, I mean, that was a rough deal for them last time around, and there really weren't many standout deals that happened in that game other than Montano kicking two field goals. Boise State's kicker made all four of his last time around, um, but neither team really did much in the return game. So that'll be interesting to see if it does arise this time around. Um, I think perhaps the biggest thing to watch for in my mind is because we've seen it now from Fresno State recently. They broke out a fake, and Boise State is a team we all know they love their trick plays, and they, this is the kind of stage they'd be willing to pull something off. So um, we could definitely see some trickeration on special teams here in one way or another, too. Trickeration. I love that word. Trickeration. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that we need to see. Uh, we need to see a little bit more creativity. It, it's now at that point in the season where everything you've been kind of holding back, uh, it's time to throw the whole kitchen sink at it right Jackson I mean you, there's no more holding back even even though there's a bowl game looming the championship ultimately is really what you want at this point right yeah Dick Hayner told us Monday that on the side of his bed there's a list of all his goals and on the top of that list is Mountain West Championship so, uh, even though they started one and four even though he missed some games even though you know the season quite hasn't reached the heights that we had hoped they're right where they wanted to be, um, number one on the goal list, which is in this championship game. And the only thing is that it's in Boise rather than in Fresno. That's the only way it could be any better for the dogs. Um, but here we are, and this is what they've been shooting for. And the bowl game is kind of secondary. And then doing it all with um, with pride and, and class is, is the way that this program operates under Coach Tedford. So this is the big one, um, and it would be a good way to – conclude the divisional era of mountain west football to, to get this last one yeah this is uh, definitely you know exactly what i was thinking they're gonna need to go in and just um throw the whole kitchen sink everything they got at boise uh show them some things that boise hasn't seen from the bulldogs yet and 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 hopefully that will be uh the deciding factor uh, against boise um and just just remember, we've we've got a secret weapon and in, in more on the offensive coordinator, so he kind of is familiar with Boise, <laughs> right, Jackson? Oh yeah, Kirby who started there, and of course his brother is Kellen Moore, who was uh, the man behind all those wins at quarterback for the Broncos uh, about a decade ago. So 
Um, uh, I'm sure things a little bit for the Broncos whenever he comes in, in Bulldog Red. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, even though uh, Moore is uh, a little bit uh, apprehensive of, of taking out his, his old team, at the same time, he would love to take out his old team. <laughs> it's just the way it is. If when you start coaching against your own your own alma mater, uh, whatever it is about it, you just want to beat them as bad as as actually winning with them. So, hopefully, um, uh, he'll he'll have a few wrinkles up his sleeve in order to help the Bulldogs come away with a victory against Boise State, and uh, and of course Tedford, he's uh, he's really wants this one as well, you know, from his return back uh, as the head coach, uh, you know, after he left with a, with a losing record and now his back uh, in a, in a mountain West championship game again, this has got to be special for him as well. Right, Jackson. Absolutely. I mean, this was the team that a few weeks back, I mean, they were one and four and big underdogs against San Jose State and I lost there, you know, leaves very little to play for at that point and they pulled that game off and they have been all in since then you're just seeing the spirit of the whole team turn around and uh, Tedford especially I mean he's been on a roll ever since then they've been performing very well he's had the team locked in every week and um, really remarkable that they were able to bounce back from the way things started so you have him returning and then you have the adversity that this program and this team has faced earlier in the year i mean it's all set up for a storybook finish and you know he he came back just to do this kind of stuff and, and here's a chance for him to to come through with what he was hoping to do absolutely and of, of course you know it nothing is sweeter than to get the championship game but to beat boise on boise's turf at the same time it's all that much better, right, Jackson? <laughs> There's no love lost between these two teams, and the fact that the Fresno State usually struggles on the blue turf, they would love to just go in there and just uh, annihilate Boise State on their own home field. That would be the icing on the cake, right? All right. This is what this team has wanted. They, they wanted to get revenge and prove that what they did over there was not accurate of resembling what the 2022 team is, but also, you know, Jay Kaner's only faced this team one time, which was in 2021. And that's the night we all have certainly wanted to forget after the Broncos just annihilated the dogs in front of a sellout crowd and uh, fights in the stands and all of that. I mean, that's the only memory we have of Kaner against this Boise state program. So this is a chance for him and this whole 21, 22 era of the dogs to really rewrite the chapter and go out on top by knocking off the Broncos in their third shot. If they lose all three, it's going to be tough for this group to swallow that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, it was it was a tough one for the Bulldogs to to swallow for those so many uh, so many attempts against Boise State, uh, unable to come away with a victory, and then they finally broke through. Um, and this these matchups have been a little bit more balanced back and forth. But uh, it's it's something that Fresno State Bulldog players do not forget is the matchups with Boise State uh, because they have 
always been a pivotal one um, every single season. So uh, it is definitely going to be a matchup that is going to be a tough one for the Bulldogs. Uh, whether or not they they continue their winning ways and uh, and come out on top against Boise, only time will tell. We'll, we'll see what happens this Saturday. And, uh, of course, we just had our Thanksgiving this past week, right, Jackson? And now we're heading into the holidays for Christmas. And that means there's a lot of specials going on out there, right, Jackson? And uh, and the Bark Board is not immune from it. We still got some great deals going on right now if you want to go in and get a, a subscription, right? Absolutely. Our Black Friday sales come to an end, but we still have a very attractive opportunity. It's 50% off for a whole year right now. That comes out to only uh, $4.48 a month for a year. It locks you all the way into this time next year, which gets you all of the 2023 season. But it's also going to get you all of this month, which includes the championship week and the bowl game. But probably more importantly, if you're a subscriber, you feel the same way. You're going to be in for all the action that's going to come in with recruiting and the transfer portal here. It's going to be wild. December 5th is going to be the official day now where the floodgates release on the portal. Um, there's going to be a whole lot of action there. The Bulldogs are going to be hosting official visits the week after the championship. They've only got six commits right now, so there's going to be a whole lot of action coming up. We're having a hot board drop soon of the top recruits in Fresno State's board. And, you know, there's no place to get your action or your coverage of Fresno State recruiting like Barkboard VIP. So uh, if you just go to the homepage, barkboard.com, and, and click to join, uh, you'll be able to cash in on that 50% off deal. Uh, no promo code or anything needed. That's going to run till Monday at 9 p.m. Pacific time. So don't miss out. Absolutely. And, and, and you know what, folks, we don't, we don't do this just for the sake of doing this by, by paying these subscriptions. It helps keep the bark board going. Uh, and if you like the content that we have, uh, you know, this is the way that keeps uh, keeps Jackson and and staff employed to continue to deliver that information that you're looking for. So, um, it, you know, help us out. <laughs> help us out by getting a subscription uh, for all the latest news and updates, uh, because uh, I'll tell you what, there is a lot of great information that's, that does not get shared publicly. And if you are a diehard fan, there's no other way of obtaining that information. Uh, so if you, uh, if you are willing to go out and support us, uh, please do so by getting a subscription. That's all we ask for. Um, it helps keep these podcasts going, helps keep the, the bark board website going, uh, living and, and breathing, so to speak. So, um, any other good news going on there, Jackson? Uh, I would add there, it also helps it grow. Um, yeah. You know, there was a time where it was just me and my phone and that was all the resources <laughs> that I had. And then it was me and you and then me, you and Lorenzo. And now it's me, Lorenzo and Gabe. And I've got uh, a, the camera equipment that rivals professional photography. And you've got a video camera that is worthy of the stuff you see on television. And so, I mean, we're about as legit as it can get. And we can grow farther too from here. Um, so we've been trying to continue to grow the site. As far as VIP coverage goes, I uh, wanted to point out a, a fun one I just put up today. I talked to Raymond Powell's the starting tight end for Fresno State, who uh, was the honorable mention for the Mountain West all-conference team. Uh, speaking of which, the Bulldogs had eight selections. Hayner, uh, Mims, Cropper, and Perales were all first-teamers. And uh, 
Powell's talked to me about how he was an official visitor for the Broncos on the night of the 2018 Mountain West Championship. And, of course, he ended up committing to Fresno State not long after that game. So there's a lot of fun stories about him being on that trip and what things were like behind the scenes in Boise during that weekend and uh, what he thought about the snow <laughs> in that game. And so uh, that, was, that was a fun story. I got to talk to Kirby Moore a little bit about that. Uh, he recruited both, uh, I mean, the Bulldogs not only got Powell's, but Tarek Wheatfall, uh, who graduated last year, was also on that trip for the Broncos. So a very uh, fun insight into some of the behind-the-scenes recruiting stuff with those guys. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of good, uh, you know, good stories like that happening, and and we share a lot of that over at thebarkboard.com. Uh, and so, um, and a lot of that stuff is is premium. Um, we don't just put it out there for anyone to read. Uh, if you want the, you know, some of that good insight of what's going on, that's all behind our our premium board. Um, and uh, and and really, just it, it's 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 worth the. What is it? Ten, twelve dollars, Jackson? What does it break down yeah, for, to right now? For fifty percent off, it's going to be less than five dollars a month uh, <laughs> to be a, a subscriber. I'll tell you, on my my way home from covering stuff in the Bay last weekend, I spent eighteen dollars in mine for Carl Jr. on a burger. I would have much rather had. <laughs> Four four months worth of bark board. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. See, and you can't even buy lunch for what we're charging at the website at the moment. So if you want to take advantage of of the special we have going right now, uh, by all means, do so. Um, there are other perks that happen once you become a full fledged uh, subscriber, uh, such as Paramount Plus. Um, I take advantage of that right now, a uh, day in and day out. There is a lot of content on Paramount Plus, so you know the, those are some of the perks that are that do come along with uh, a full fledged subscription. Once your um, once your special runs out, you you can get to the, those items added on uh, at no extra charge. So, um, anything else? Is there any basketball news or anything like that, Jackson? You know, it's been interesting. The basketball team has had quite a bit of time off here. Um, they played in the Wooden Legacy. Uh, they did go 0 and 2. They're, they're off to a rough 1 and 5 start right now. But um, they have played uh, a lot better competition than they faced last year for for the non-conference. Uh, they're going to be at UC Irvine during the Mountain West Championship game. The women's team is also going to be at Tech State. Uh, all that stuff is. Oh, actually, the men's basketball team will kick, uh, tip off at six. So. If you're a basketball fan, you're not going to miss any of uh, Fresno State at UC Irvine uh, after the Mountain West Championship, but the women's team will be at Sacramento State at noon. So both of those teams have pretty much had all week off to get ready, and uh, it's going to be a a pretty busy Saturday. Um, Also in Fresno State news, uh, Trent Dilfer has been official today that he is going to be the next head coach at UAB. Um, He's just the fifth coach to go from high school head coach to college D1 head coach in the last 50 years. Uh, So it'll be very interesting to see how the former Bulldog does there. And if perhaps he might be in the card someday for Fresno State uh, down the road sometime. Yeah. uh, So, you know, there's really not much going on with basketball, especially after, you know, losing their four-star player, right, Jackson? It's going to be a rough season for the Bulldogs. Yeah, Joseph Hunter is going to be out for the entire year. That's been confirmed. Uh, he was the Mountain West freshman of the year. Um, the Bulldogs also had some further injury issues over at the Wynn Legacy. Um, you know, 
every game they've lost has been pretty competitive and pretty close, but it's all been a pretty similar story. They've played well in the first half. They've fallen behind in the second half. They've just not scored a lot of points. They've been very productive on offense. Not a very good shooting team at the moment. So um, They're still gelling, though. Uh, some new faces and a guy like Jamal Baker, who was coming off injury and only played a couple of games last year. Um, some key pieces that, that aren't quite settled in yet, so we'll see if they can get it together by conference play. Yeah, so we will uh, we'll have to keep an eye out and see how the Bulldogs are able to, to uh, kind of get things going um, for basketball as that starts to, to loom here in the near future, but... Uh, I don't know. At this point, it, it's not looking good, but we'll 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 keep going. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, but other than that, Jackson, the only other thing I can think of right now is we're heading into December, and usually that's another recruiting period, not only for uh, the uh, the transfer portal, but also a signing period, isn't it? If I remember correctly. Yeah. So uh, as of Friday, the contact period is going to open up. We're going to start seeing official visits and all the action file in. The signing day is going to be a little later this year. It's going to be December 21st. So that's going to give a big window here for Fresno State to you know, try to close out this recruiting class. As I mentioned, they only have six commitments right now. We're expecting to see about 12 sign and a whole lot of transfer portal and late junior college action as well after signing day. Um, so there still should be a lot of movement coming here um, before the December 21 signing day. Uh, a lot of official visits to come through, and especially as of late, the Bulldogs have been targeting some junior college recruits, particularly on the O-line, trying to get a couple of guys ready to help bolster the two deep for next season. And um, as mentioned as well, the new transfer portal rules, uh, unless you're a graduate transfer, you can't officially put your name in until the 5th of December. Um, and then that's going to be just the, the opening of the floodgates on the 5th when all these transfers from across the nation declare. And that's also going to factor into this recruiting situation because transfers who do sign by the 21st will be able to make their move and join teams for the ensuing spring practice. And so you've got high school, you've got JUCO, and you've got transfer portal action that are all going to collide here in December. We've really never seen anything like what we're going to see this month. That's going to be a fun one. <laughs> uh, it, it's going to be fun just to try and uh, and and keep up with what is going on here. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of moving parts. You know, not only do we have to keep track of of any uh, potential signings, but also that uh, the transfer portal transfer portal is going to get a little crazy as well as the Bulldogs are going to look in there to see if there's any player they can bring in uh, to help fill the gaps of some of the departing uh, seniors on this Fresno State team. And um, one could only think, Jackson, if there is a quarterback in there that meets everything that Fresno State is looking for, you know they're going to go after him, right? Yeah, that'll be intriguing to see if the, the Bulldogs do that or not. You know, they we did see Logan Fife start, and you know he it was rough at the beginning, but he got a whole lot better and led some big wins. Um, the Bulldogs have Joshua Wood, who has really made an impression as a freshman while he's redshirting. Uh, Jaden Mandel, the three-star from Buchanan, is going to enroll early and get into that quarterback battle as well. But I do have to imagine, you know, we've seen in the past already 
some pretty big quarterback names, both Marcus McMarion and Jay Kaner sought out Tedford past relationships and knowing what he does with a particular program. <laughs> and so I wouldn't be surprised at all if some big names become in the play for Fresno State. Uh, they've also already, we've seen Cade McNamara from Michigan who started there for a while. Um, his father played baseball at Fresno State and he's familiar with this area. So already one intriguing name to kind of throw into the mix there, but uh, we'll see what all happens here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. As you would imagine, the Bulldogs, if they do that, they're going to want to get someone in by the spring uh, to, to get into that battle or play out the spring and see if someone emerges and then decide whether or not to go get someone. Yeah, this is going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Bulldogs actually play this transfer portal. This is fairly new thing, uh, hasn't been around for very long, and a lot of coaches are still trying to figure this out, uh, including Tedford, who has admitted that uh, the transfer portal at first was not uh, all that uh something that he was very familiar with and was still learning how to work that. And hopefully they've done their homework, Jackson, because everyone is using the transfer portal these days and it seems like they're picking up players left and right. So this is something that the Bulldogs can overlook, right? Yeah. You know, everyone's using the portal, but no one really knows what they're doing. <laughs> or how to, you know, this is all brand new. So everyone's kind of testing their hypotheses right now. And as you mentioned, Everything really ramped up in the two-year period where Tedford was out of the game. Um, I think Fresno State's done a really good job maneuvering it so far. Uh, they've been able to get key pieces at key positions while recruiting the high school level and, and developing guys. And Tedford is also a big proponent of the junior college pool, which is being massively overlooked when coaches are looking for the portal players instead. So I think we're going to see a blend of all three, but... Really, uh, the portal becomes your most important resource now because it's, it's a lot like free agency. I mean, you can get a guy that's ready to go right away, and there's no better recruit than that, regardless of eligibility or anything else that goes into it. Absolutely. Like you said, it's become the free agency of college football uh, where, you know, if, if you're able to sell yourself, you can pick up some good talent at key positions to help make another run. And as ev as everyone is still trying to figure out how to work this thing, um, you know, it, it could leave some doors open. Like you mentioned, the the uh, the junior college route where Tedford really excels at that. And so we'll we'll see if maybe while everybody's focusing on the transfer portal, if uh, Tedford's going after all those junior recruits, <laughs> junior college recruits, and see if he can pull in some uh, some hidden gems there. Uh, you know, it could it could work either way. Um, you know, things things definitely are going to get ramped up here in December. And just as you think that we're about to slow down, we're not. Jackson and I are going to get uh, busy uh, just tracking things uh, as usual. And of course, we'll keep pumping out these podcasts as long as we have news uh, to deliver. We'll, we'll keep bringing it to you on these podcasts. So uh, stay tuned for that. And of course, Jackson, any final thoughts as we wrap this one up? Yeah, it's, it's go time. I'm ready for this championship game. I'm ready to get out to Boise and get back on that blue surf and uh, see if the Bulldogs can pull it off. Yeah, absolutely. I will be watching from my hotel room uh, <laughs> from uh, San Antonio, but I will keep a, a sharp eye on things to, just so that we can uh, comment on the, our next podcast. 
But uh, if you are looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at Red Wave Report. If you haven't done so already, head over to our Facebook and uh, give it a like. Just look for TheBarkBoard.com. And as always, if you're not a part of our community over at TheBarkBoard.com, we have both free and premium subscriptions. But the premium way is the way to go. It helps uh, keep the website alive. So that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us this week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.